Welcome to the Daily Linton devotional podcast from the First United Methodist Church of Fort Worth. This is the second Monday in Lent. Almighty God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, open our eyes, ears, hearts, and very lives to your presence, so that today we may worship and serve you in faithfulness, be blessing and healing reminders of your love to all whose lives we touch. We offer our prayers in the name of Christ. Amen. John chapter 13, verses 1 through 20. Before the festival of Passover, Jesus knew that his time had come to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them fully. Jesus and his disciples were sharing an evening meal. The devil had already provoked Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew the Father had given everything into his hands and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the table and took off his robes. Picking up a linen towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a wash bin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he was wearing. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You don't understand what I'm doing now, but you will understand later. No, Peter said, you will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, Unless I wash you, you won't have a place with me. Simon Peter said, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus responded, Those who have bathed need only to have their feet washed because they are completely clean. You disciples are clean but not every one of you. He knew who would betray him. That's why he said, not every one of you is clean. After he washed the disciples' feet, he put on his robes and returned to his place at the table. He said to them, do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you speak correctly because I am. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you too must wash each other's feet. Just as I have done, you also must do. I assure you, servants aren't greater than their master, nor are those who are sent greater than the one who sent them. Since you know these things, you will be happy if you do them. I am not speaking about all of you. I know those whom I've chosen, but this is to fulfill the scripture. The one who eats my bread has turned against me. I am telling you this now, before it happens, so that when it does happen you will believe that I am. I assure you that whoever receives someone I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. An important theme throughout Jesus' teaching is his emphasis on our need for humility. Pride is a significant obstacle in our own spiritual growth and our right relationship with God and with Christ. How does pride manifest itself in your life? How does ego show up in how you act, how you think, or how you treat others. A common way it appears in many of our lives is thinking that certain acts are beneath us, certain work is beneath us. We're too qualified, we're too established, we're too mature, we're too good. It's someone else's job to do that, to be that way, or to provide that service. In the society in which Jesus is teaching and preaching and with his disciples, The job of washing people's feet before a meal was frankly pretty disgusting. People's feet were dirty and a lot of times they had more than just dirt on their feet. 
It's the byproduct of living in an area in time before irrigation and sanitation. This was a job that was reserved for slaves. It was reserved for slaves. And yet it was also an opportunity to show kindness and care to somebody else. Jesus showed that that kind of act is not beneath him. That kind of service is not beneath him. It's not just somebody else's job. He, the son of God, is willing to do that and be that person for others. Not just to teach us about him, but to teach us about how he would have us be. How does pride or ego show up in your life? Our music selection today is God is Our Refuge and Strength. This text is taken from Psalm 46. The psalm paints a picture that our world is finite. The mountains will shake and crumble, but God will remain and to give glory to our Creator and Sustainer of eternal life.
Today's reading for reflection is an excerpt from The New Man for Our Time by Elton Trueblood. Though it might be argued, theoretically, that a Christianity in which people know how to picket but not how to pray is bound to wither, theorizing is not required because we can already observe the logic of events. The fact is that emphasis upon the life of outer service without a corresponding emphasis upon the life of devotion has already led to obviously damaging results, one of which is calculated arrogance. How different it might be if the angry activists were to heed the words found in The Imitation of Christ. Be not angry that you cannot make others as you wish them to be, since you cannot make yourself as you wish to be. Let us close in prayer, praying together for the world, for our church, for our loved ones, for ourselves, and for all who do not yet know God's love and grace. For it is on our Lenten journey of reflection and focus that we pray the words that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.